to ABC Gotham, your New York City podcast about weird and unusual New York City history by your amateur historians. I'm Kathleen. Hi, I'm Kate. Thanks for coming back. And that's Kate. Thanks for coming back. Thanks for listening. We are super excited about this topic. Topic N for the letter N. What do we got today, Kate? We have the Navy Yard, uh, parentheses Brooklyn. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Navy Yard, comma Brooklyn, comma Brooklyn, otherwise known as the Brooklyn Navy Yard. If you do have any interest in this, and I hope you do after the show, that's probably the best way to Google it is Brooklyn Navy Yard. But we had a really good B, so this is going to have to be our N. And folks, we'll, we will thank you to uh, to go along with that. Yeah, I mean, really, there weren't really any other Navy Yards. I mean, you kind of have one in Greenpoint, but this is Mm -hmm. like the Navy Yard. It was called the New York Navy Yard for a while, so we're just Mm going to stick Mm -hmm. with that for our end. And they're like called shipyards or naval docks or, you know, there's all kinds of, all kinds of different names. So, um, so I feel we've adequately defended our use of the letter N for the Brooklyn Navy Yard, Kate. Yeah, and we have been actually obsessed with the idea of doing this podcast for a while. Um, mm. Months and months ago, we, Kathleen and I, went on a tour with Urban Oysters to do the Brooklyn Navy Yard, which you can do, and we'll talk a bit more about tours and places to look up amazing pictures of the Navy Yard mm-hmm. at the end of the podcast, but I highly recommend it, and it really got us obsessed with this, and I'd almost say this kind of kicked off our... Like, love affair of history and wanting kind of Definitely. to do this podcast in the first place. Exactly. Yeah, this was, that that tour was ridiculously informative. It was excellent. We'll give you information at the end of the show. And I I would say it is a big part of, yeah, when we were deciding what we wanted to talk about. And there's just so much fascinating New York City history. And this is a big, big part of it. Huge part of it. Which we are excited to tell you about today. So, okay, let's see. The Brooklyn Navy Yard is about 300 acres. It was established in 1801 as one of five of the nation's first five naval shipyards. Kate, do you know where the other ones are? I was going to look that up. Virginia Beach is one, right? Yeah, uh, actually, it's the the Norfolk, or Norfolk to you uh, non-Hanford Roadsers out there. I said Norfolk. I said said Norfolk, but some people I say Norfolk, and they're not quite sure where I'm talking about. Uh, the no- Norfolk Naval Base, uh, in Virginia is, I, I think pretty much took over a lot of the business when the Brooklyn Naval Yard shut down because it's a mm. really huge, uh, military area and I grew up there. There's, you have Air Force, you have Army, you have Navy, you kind of have everything down there and it's definitely bigger than this one. <laughs> Yes, yes. I'm not sure where the other where the other naval shipyards are. If anyone knows, definitely let us know on Facebook or on the on Podbean. Um, the Brooklyn Navy Yard was open for 165 years, and in that time, it developed into the nation's premier naval industrial facility. And that's just you know 165 years as part of the U.S. Navy, but it was really instrumental throughout over 400 years of American history. So sit back and relax because this is going to be one hell of a show. Uh, All right. So geographically, where we are talking about is an area called Wallabout Bay. So this is just a bend in the East River. Uh, It is just north of the Manhattan Bridge. It's south of Williamsburg. It's located in Brooklyn, obviously. In this area, uh, Europeans from Holland arrived, and they were the ones who first purchased it. This was in the early 1630s from the Canarsie Indian tribe. It was Joris Jansen Rapelier who purchased it, and he is famous for one other thing. 
<clears throat> in the New World, and that is sex. He's famous for sex because <laughs> he, uh, uh, a woman named Sarah Rapelier, well, actually a baby, Sarah Rapelier was the first baby of European parentage born in the New World. She was his daughter. Aww. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, was allegedly the first baby. I believe there's some dispute about this, but Sarah Rapelier, the first white American, uh, was born here. There's a lot of theories about the origin of the word Brooklyn, um, obviously, but one is that the land in this area was owned by the Dutch East India Company, but, you know, farmers were working this land, and it could be owned by the farmers if they worked it and gave 10% of their farm's yield to the company, and after 10 years, the land belonged to the farmers. So, the word Bruick means to use, and lean means loan in Dutch. So, when they were saying to use and loan, they were saying Bruicklin, which possibly became Brooklyn. It also might mean broken land. It also might mean any other thing. What's, what's your idea? I think it's one of those things that there's a million different explanations for where the word came from, and I yeah, think you can yeah. just kind of pick one. You'll pick your favorite. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. From 1776 to 1783, the infamous British prison ships were moored in Wallabout Bay in this area in the East River. Um, why is it infamous? Because over 10,000 American soldiers died on these ships. 10,000. Yeah, I have And this is for, for violating British embargo rules. You know, these were, these were importers and things like that. 10, well, more 000. than that, they're also... I read that some of these are also prisoners of war, and I think we're not going to get mm. too heavily into this because we're really interested in making this an enti- into an entire podcast. Right. Uh, I have actually... There's like over 11,000 people died. Actually, more people that were killed actually in the war die in the Revolutionary War, died in these ships. And mm-hmm. there's a strange monument at the top of Fort Green Park here in Brooklyn mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I've seen many, many times and then finally figured out that this was a monument to these prison ship martyrs. Prison ship martyrs. Designed incidentally by Stanford White. Yeah, our old buddy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet to give you, like, just to really quickly tell you how terrible... These prison ships were, the prisons in the city filled up, so they had to start putting people on these derelict ships that were barely floating. One of the Mm -hmm, ships was mm -hmm. actually called Hell. It, uh, the ship housed at least a thousand people at a time, prisoners at Mm. a time. Uh, I think we'll probably go into a bit more of the conditions at a later time, but really this was Mm -hmm. a a really strange, Strangely, nobody knows about this, but a really awful period in our history. Um, I, I hope people know about it. They should know about it. And yeah, like Kate was saying, more American deaths just on these prison ships than every other battle in the Revolutionary War. And the Revolutionary War was a bloody one, guys. That was a bad war. And, and these ships were more than half of the deaths. It's really, really atrocious what happened there. But we'll hear more about that in a future podcast. Yes. Yeah, so after the Rapiliers had their had the uh, the area had the land for about 150 years, it was bought by a man named John Jackson and his brothers in 1781, and they built a shipyard on the site. Um, just real quick, John Jackson is incidentally 
also the creator of Vinegar Hill, which is this strange, wonderful little neighborhood right between Dumbo and the Navy Yard. And he created this neighborhood because he bought all this land containing the Navy Yard, but but also, you know, this land just south of the Navy Yard. And he was a developer. He was actually pretty smart. And he was trying to attract all these immigrants who were, you know, packing into the into the tenements in Manhattan, and he was trying to get them to live in Vinegar Hill. So he named the place Vinegar Hill after, I believe, the location of a, a certain revolution in Ireland. I'm not 100% sure about that, but it was intended to, at- appe- to appeal to Irish immigrants. I also heard the, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's an urban legend, but the urban legend that there was there were a ton of Irish people living in the neighborhood, and the smell of the vinegar from their food would mm-hmm. kind of permeated the entire entire neighborhood. I I'm not too sure about that one. You might I think when we went on our tour, they talked a bit more about uh, what you were talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's another one where I guess you can kind of pick your. Pick your story. Pick your, pick your origin. Story, yeah. yeah. The my only my only question with that explanation is there's not a lot of vinegar on Irish food. <laughs> like if if it stunk of the Irish, it would stink of like whiskey or potatoes, right? I mean, right. I'm not stereotype. too sure where that comes from. <laughs> yeah. But you know, I, I go with it. It's the story I heard. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. it's a very very cute neighborhood. If you go down it the is. main street, you just see all these beautiful old storefronts that people live in now. There's an mm-hmm. amazing restaurant down there that I'm going to plug. Maybe somebody who works there will listen to our podcast. But uh, the oh, Vinegar so. Hill House is amazing. It's the only Love thing it. over there. There's it's pretty much it's nothing so else. Funny, yeah. There's a couple little art galleries, a mm-hmm. couple little stores. It's it's just you have to know it's there. And it's so funny. It's so cute and, and old-fashioned looking and a tiny bit run down. You get a great view of the Admiral's House, which is one of the major buildings in the Navy Yard, which we'll hear about in a little while. Um, I believe um, there's a TV show that is often filmed down in Vinegar Hill. What is it? Help me out here. I'm not sure. Board- you know, Steve Buscemi, Broadway something. Or, oh, Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, they do film Board down there. Boardwalk Empire often films down there. That I think, believe there's a character on that show who lives in the Admiral's house in the Navy Yard. Uh, it's just it's just a cool, weird area. And uh, and definitely, if you are in New York, check it out. And if you're traveling to New York, see what you can do. See if you can find it, because it's a lot of fun. Well, Anyway, I'm- John Jackson. Yes? I'm going to really quickly, since you brought up the house, I'm going to really quickly correct you and say that it's the Commandant's Mm. house. Thank you. A few different er places in the area, which this is when I first became obsessed with this area, is you have a a row of houses called Admiral's Row, which we'll get into. That's it. That's how I mixed it up. Yes. But the oldest structure in the Navy Yard is the Commandant's house. Which mm-hmm, actually mm-hmm. was designed by Charles Bufinch, which if you know if you're history, and I'm sorry if I mispronounced it, but uh, he actually designed the U.S. Capitol building. <laughs> so if you think okay. of the Capitol building, you go see this house. It's really out of the way. Uh, you mm-hmm. have to be in Vinegar Hill. and I- We will have uh, pictures and maps if uh, on the Podbean page and on the Facebook page. Yeah, it was built in 1807. It's really, really beautiful. I recommend if mm-hmm. you just go for a stroll in Vinegar Hill, 
It's up on a hill. It's behind these wrought iron gates. It's never open to the public, privately owned. Mm-hmm. The guy who mm-hmm. the guy who owns the place has all these beautiful vintage cars that he parks. He's a doctor, I believe. Yeah. And I heard years ago they did a spread in Architectural Digest or something. I had a hard time finding it, so I'm I'm mm-hmm. not too sure about that. I won't swear by it. But it's okay. a beautiful house. It's privately mm-hmm. owned. He's kept it up really well. Yeah, it looks great. Mm-hmm. If you own this house, I I really I love your place, and I would be happy to come over for a beer sometime. Invite us over. We'd love to chat. Yes, um, but we're not going to stalk you because that's not cool. No. Uh, John Jackson. So yes, thank you. The Commandant's house. Um, so he invented Vinegar Hill, and he also he bought all this land, the Rapalier Estate, in 1781. He built a shipyard. They contracted with the Navy, John Jackson and his brothers, in 1798, and they built the John Adams, which was one of the biggest ships afloat at the time. Three years later, they sold the site, uh, 1784, to the Navy for $40,000. Wow. That's pretty... For 40 acres acres of land, that's... No, 300 acres. Oh, no, it's 300 acres now. But at the time, oh, they only, okay. it was only 40 acres of land in the original purchase. But uh, I want to buy 40 acres for $40,000. Uh, well, you know, what money was back then and, and the, the perfect site for building ships. It, uh, I think they, he still made a, a very, very good profit on that. So then it was around 1800 that shipbuilders bu- ship were flocking to New York City. This is thanks not only to the Navy Yard, but a lot of shipyards on the East River in Manhattan as well. So not just shipbuilders, but associated tradesmen. There were brass founders, caulkers, joiners, riggers, sailmakers. They needed rope, they needed tar, they needed copper, they needed lumber. Uh, in 1806, Robert Fulton moved to New York City, and within a year, he had his steamboat. Uh, it was a, He had a ride up the Hudson to Albany at... Kate, are you ready? Hold on. I'm ready. At a breakneck speed of four and a half miles an hour. Wow. That's, uh, that's Nobody fast. moved that fast on the water. Nobody. I might actually be able to walk fast at that pace. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A, a brisk walk. A is brisk walk. That speed. Kind of, yeah, I love... <laughs> yeah, that's pretty amazing. And, actually, and still, I'm, I mean, and it was astonishing back then, and it was an amazing use of steam technology. I actually love, I would actually love to learn more about Robert Fulton, so maybe we should Mm -hmm. look into his four and a half miles an hour at some point. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and people watched, people would line up along the shore, and they watched it, and it looked like a lumber heap that he set on fire, and they were sure it was going to explode, and they, you know, so of course people loved a a grisly scene back then, and now, and, and just, you know flocked all along the the shore of the Hudson. He made it up to Albany. They're like, congratulations. And he was, he said, okay, seven bucks for a ride back to the city. And that was about double what a sailboat would cost. Nobody took him up on it except two Frenchmen. Two guys from France were like, we'll do it. And, you know, went on this ridiculously speeding boat uh, south to the city and it says that uh, people in West Point were watching and cheering as they went by. Oh, I just imagine sailboats like going right past them. Right? <laughs> Zoom. <laughs> uh, so that was the, the uh, steamboat. 
1820, the first ship constructed at the Navy Yard and put to use, that was the Ohio, that was launched. Uh, in the 1840s, the federal government spent $2 million over 10 years to build a massive masonry dry dock, and dry docks are still why you would bring your boat to the Navy Yard if you had a boat that needed repairs. It's the only way to really hoist a boat out of the water, get you know, and be able to really work on the underside of the boat. Then, shortly after, was the Civil War. Civil War in 1861 caused, of course, a manufacturing boom throughout the U.S., including 6,000 men employed at the Navy Yard in the Civil War. And now I will hand it over to Kate for the Civil War and on. So... Something pretty amazing, I thought, is that uh, the USS Monitor was outfitted there. And I'm saying outfitted, I'm not saying built, because that was Mm -hmm. a little bit back and forth in my research. Mm. Outfitted just means they put all the guns and the rigging and all that stuff. They armored it, yeah. They armored it, exactly. It was actually built in Greenpoint, which is pretty amazing. And it's another connection to my hometown, because... The monitor then leaves here. It launches from here to go to my hometown to get in a fight with the U.S. I'm sorry, CSS Virginia, previously the USS Merrimack, in the famous Battle of Hampton Road. So it leaves here to go. To, I think this is the first clash of the Ironsides. Mm, okay. And, and this is this is a ship literally named Monitor. It's called the Monitor. The Monitor, the USS Monitor. Yeah. So these Forgive ships. Forgive me. That's like an incredibly boring name for a ship. Uh, yeah, I guess so. But yeah, I, mean, I don't know if you've got if anybody out there has looked into these Ironsides. They're pretty much exactly what they say. They're ships completely mm. covered in iron. Yeah. So I, with every war that we get into, the Navy Yard has a boom. Just like Kathleen was just saying, in during the Civil War, 6,000 men are employed. To go a little mm-hmm. further in the future, 1938, 10,000 men are employed. About a third of them are WPA Works... What is it? Works Projects Administration? Works Program Administration. Thank you. Uh, and during World War II, you have 70,000 people working 24 hours a day, si- se- 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, which... You really go from 6,000 to 70,000 to being decommissioned in the late 60s, so which is a bit sad, but we'll get into that a little later. So the most famous commandant, uh, commander of the Navy Yard of was Matthew C. Perry, which when we took the tour, I accidentally got mixed up with... I thought he was the guy that went to the Arctic Circle, the first two. The ah. I had him mm-hmm. mixed up with Matthew Henson and Admiral Perry, so I, yeah. I think the person giving the tour was a little like, what? Matthew Honestly, Perry, I'm, I'm proud of you for not getting him mixed up with the guy from Friends, so, you know. No, but when I was looking into Matthew Perry, I got a lot of... Commandant Matthew C. Perry, I got a, a lot of stuff about him popped up, and I was... yeah. I for, I had actually I, I had actually forgotten about that guy. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell? Is, oh, oh, the same name. So he was a commodore of the U.S. Navy, and they kind of for a long time they were only captains, and then they create this mm. new title, and so he really becomes really like as far pretty far up as you can get in the Navy. He's the commandant mm-hmm. of. He's in charge of the entire Navy Yard. He serves in a ton of wars, the Mexican-American War, the War of 1812. Mm-hmm. He 
is really involved in o- the opening of Japan to the West. And he really is in the forefront of trying to modernize the U.S. Navy and becomes mm-hmm. known as the father of the steam navy. He really pushes mm. to get out of these wooden boats and uh, sailboats and start really having going into more modern naval warfare. So he's he's probably our most famous commandant. So we already talked about the yard's oldest structure, which is the commandant's house. I'd like to say mm-hmm. that the the navy yard's most for me, recognizable structures are the Admiral's Row, which we briefly mentioned a moment ago, which is what yes. got me interested in the Navy Yard. Mm-hmm, there are these mm-hmm. beautiful, dilapidated structures along Navy Street. Mm-hmm. They're amazing. People have been trying to save them for years. Since I've lived in New York, I've slowly watched them decay farther and farther. Roofs yeah. fall in. Most of them are not salvageable anymore, sadly. Mm-hmm. There is a... De- development plan, they are really fighting to get some of these structures historically preserved under what is the National Historic Preservation Society? I believe so, yeah. yeah. They're they're trying really hard to save some of them. Most of them are not salvageable. They're actually going to save two of them mm-hmm. because you can't save most of them. The it's a big controversy. The president of the Brooklyn Navy Yard Development says they're all beyond repair and we need to just demolish all of them. The United mm. States Army Corps of Engineers says no, most of these are actually if you put some money into it, they can actually be saved. Oh, In this yeah. area there's actually a tennis court, which I, I kind of have seen from the road. <laughs> there's a tennis court, a greenhouse, there's a garage mm-hmm. for each of these houses along the road. Mm. Okay, they were nice to their Admirals, damn. Yeah, I know. Mm. I there are beautiful pictures online that we'll try to to post. You can see the original structures. There are also mm-hmm. many websites, including I believe Kingston Lounge, which has pictures of how they are now, which is a bit mm-hmm. sad, but really, still really beautiful. We are huge fans of Kingston Lounge. Definitely check it out if you have yeah, the time. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I it think will it suck was, up I'm your not... day, but it'll be worth it. Yeah, it, you will. Pretty much a lot of what we have discussed on this web, on our podcast, from Governor's mm-hmm. Island to a lot of the islands up by the Bronx, you can find pictures of them and the structures that we've talked about on their website. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they get onto these islands, but, or these, into these places. Leave it as a closely places. guarded secret. Yeah. Uh, so the two buildings that are going to be saved are, is the Quarters B and the Timber Shed. They're going to be mm-hmm. kept, I think Quarters B, I believe, was the first home for Matthew Perry. Mm-hmm. Before the, I, I'm guessing maybe before, either before the Commandant's house was built, or maybe the Commandant's house was being built, was being used for something else. Actually, this is way after that was built. So, they just must have been and using... This is one of the in, particular houses on, on Admiral's Row? It is, I think it's, I think it's the second from the end, but I... Don't quote me. I, I couldn't actually figure out which one it was, but mm-hmm. it's going to be, I'm guessing maybe the commandant's house was used for just offices at some point, and he lived mm-hmm. there. So that's one of the structures they're trying to save. Mm-hmm. So this brings us up into, you know, p- post-World War One. Obviously, there's a big boom. We talked about 10,000 people being employed there. So we get up to World War Two. Uh, an interesting mm. tidbit I found out was that the pedestrian walkways on the Manhattan and Williamsburg bridges, if you look, you can actually see down into the Navy Yard. And during mm-hmm. World War II, these were covered so that 
no one could see into the Navy Yard. I couldn't believe that when I read that. They were worried about spies, so they yeah they covered it up. But a lot of a lot of Brooklyn industry, a lot of Brooklyn, a lot of people who were working were working out of the Navy Yard, especially in the surrounding mm-hmm. area. Definitely, uh, women actually. It really paved the way into women being admitted into the workforce, even post world during World War Two, post World War Two. Mm-hmm. Uh, they apparently a big place for women to work was the where they made the flags, those really big flags that you see on ships being christened, mm-hmm. which I thought was kind of funny. And we're, I want to post something that says that has this woman who she's in her nineties now, and she worked there. Mm-hmm. She talks a little about working on these big, huge flags. It's mm-hmm. it's pretty, and there's some great shots of the different buildings. Mm-hmm. A lot of famous ships were launched from the Navy Yard, from the USS Maine in 1889, mm-hmm. even though she's not commissioned until later. Uh, two of the World War II's most famous battleships, the USS Iowa and Missouri, were both launched from the Brooklyn Navy Yard. Several mm-hmm. uh, a, a Korean War era aircraft, um, mm-hmm. the USS Saratoga, as well as the Constellation and Independence were built there. Really, a mm-hmm. lot of really big ships came Very out of important. this yard. Very important ships, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I talked about women being, um, they, they apparently had this huge loft that was the the flag loft that these women worked mm-hmm. in, and mm-hmm. if you watch this video, you can actually see it. But women also were nurses. There was a huge hospital complex that we'll talk about in a minute. And you had a lot of women welders. We have, a you know, the area of Rosie the Riveter. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And area. I remember seeing, like, there's some really, really cool video interviews on the Brooklyn Navy Yard website. One of these these old, old women, and they're like, we were really important for welding, like upside-down welding, because they were small enough. They had small hands, small fingers, their smaller frame, and they could fit into these spaces that needed the job done. And that, you know, it's a big part of why they got the job. It wasn't just, like, a shortage of workers. It's like, these are the uniquely skilled workers that we got to hire, which is great. Pretty amazing. And I think, is that this, when we I really recommend taking this tour and I think there was one woman who was talking, because you go by the building, it's this big, huge glass structure that they're actually putting millions of dollars in right now to mm-hmm. renovate, to fix. It's really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And they, actually I did a painting of it. Uh, it's one of my favorite buildings in the area. But there's a woman on there who's a welder who talks about how the men at first were not really into having these women in their area. And I think they have like a weld off or something. <laughs> she kind of like gets challenged and she, Oh, she rivets. That's it. I think. And she rivets more than the guy. And then the women get accepted. It's a great story. Take the tour. You'll definitely hear this story. It's totally worth it. So the hospital at the end of at the North end of the, in the yard is was a Civil War era hospital and went all the way through to the end of mm-hmm. the Navy Yard being open. It's actually made out of marble, local marble that sen- has since has been tapped out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's it's a really beautiful building. We weren't able to go into it, but there are many structures. Mm-hmm. There are structures that nurses lived in. There's the actual hospital. There's a creepy basement apparently where all the rooms have metal doors and they're all private rooms. So 
They don't know, actually, if they were used as uh, a prison during the Civil War times, mm-hmm. and then possibly for mental patients that were coming back from the war. Or maybe, you know, prisoners of war who were sick, and, you know. Possibly, yeah. Maybe. So what hospital and what podcast, apparently, with us doesn't come with a little bit of creepiness. There is mm-hmm. a cemetery in the Brooklyn Navy Yard. So the cemetery is at the southeast corner of Kent and Williamsburg Street West. It's a big, mm-hmm. vacant, overgrown lot, which I always thought was nice. There's a, an old, so there's, a, I think, a mobile station across the street, and there's an old mm-hmm. gas station just, I think, west of there. Which isn't, isn't open anymore. I think the, um, I'm not sure. It closed probably when the rest of the Navy Yard closed. Mm-hmm. Supposedly, it's in their records that in 1926, all the bodies were removed. Definitely all the headstones were removed. But mm-hmm. I've, I've heard stories of baseball games used to be held in the area. And of course, somebody kicks a bone in the middle of, of the game and they start <laughs> finding human remains again. When we took the tour, they said there actually probably still are remains there. It mm-hmm. still is mm-hmm. can technically be considered a cemetery. Mm-hmm. They don't know how many bodies were buried there. Uh, so it was like some, an incomplete job or a half-assed job. It was right? a half-assed someone had, job. Someone's job was to get the was to exhume the bodies and move the cemetery, and they're like, whatever. Which of course makes me think of Poltergeist that they which moved is exactly the so they didn't move the bodies. Apparently, yes. around two thousand service people were buried there. Some family mm. members were buried with the, civilian family members were buried with the servicemen. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like I said, in nineteen twenty six, supposedly the bodies were moved to Cypress Hills, but it didn't happen. They're yeah, yeah. They're, they're, the records some, are maybe so even poor. Most, but yeah, yeah. Uh, and this kind was of that people who died in the hospital there? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, and of, uh, probably some other, you know, other servicemen if they maybe wanted to be buried there. I'm not really sure how naval cemeteries go. If you can yeah, say, yeah, I, I want to be buried that. here. Mm-hmm. Well, this kind of starts to bring us up to date because there's the Brooklyn Greenway Initiative in mm. where they're trying to make about 14 miles of mostly waterfront bike and pedestrian paths. It's going to connect mm-hmm. Greenpoint all the way down to Bay Ridge, which I can't wait to see when it's done yeah, in like 50 so years. But uh, they this is actually part of it. And you can look online. There are some really – um, Elle Magazine did a, an article about it mm-hmm. in 2010 – when they, I guess, had just started talking about this. But I've seen the designs, and it's beautiful. It's still going to be kind of this very natural, overgrown-looking mm-hmm. park, but there mm-hmm. are going to be these beautiful elevated wooden walkways that will go through it. And this nice. is just part of the whole revitalization of the Brooklyn Navy Yard. The mm-hmm. hospital mm-hmm. itself is going has been, I, I believe, bought by Steiner Studio, or is in the process of being bought by Steiner Studio to make it part, to bring it in as part of their uh, media hub. It's oh, going to okay. have the, one of the first um, underground, no, underwater tanks to film in. What? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But I, I'd also <gasps> heard some colleges were interested in using the hospital. The structures mm-hmm. are actually not in, this, this area, the structures are not actually in that bad of, shape because a lot of it's marble it's not wood mm. it's not crumbling 
Mm-hmm. Some of the staircases. Mm-hmm. Of cleaning it up. Yeah. Right. Some of the staircases are beautiful, but falling apart. I I read yeah. somewhere someone called the pretty much the entire navy yard a lot of these structures um, fragile beauty. It's true. It looks like you could fall on it and it would fall apart. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, so this brings us to Steiner Studio has a very active presence in the Brooklyn Navy Yard. Mm-hmm. They actually have. Uh, they actually are trying to launch, help Brooklyn College launch, launch a graduate film school out of there. It'll be pr- the only film school, graduate film school, working on an actual movie lot. So, pretty cool if you're actually, if you want to be, a, if you want to study film, what a, a great place. Uh-huh, uh-huh, a lot of resources there, yeah. So, the reason Brooklyn Navy Yard is being revitalized is that in 1966 the Navy Yard was decommissioned along with a lot of places in the area. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's it just there was it, keeping it open after the war. You, they just right. were not employing even you know even close to a fraction of of who they had during the war, and there was just no way to sustain it. They didn't have the government contracts. They weren't making the, the battleships like they used to be. Right, and you have at this point the Norfolk Naval base and the shipyard down in Newport News, Virginia, and mm-hmm. really it's an easier area to get these huge aircraft carriers into. I can't imagine an aircraft carrier coming into Wallabout Bay. There's yeah. just, yeah. there's no way. It, it wouldn't That's fit. That's it. We're working on such a scale at this point. It's It's gotten so huge that it's right. not, it's not feasible anymore. Yeah. New York City buys, so, this, so remember, if you remember the beginning of the podcast, the area was bought for how much, Kathleen? 40000 40000 New York City buys the entire area for $24 million in 1966, mm-hmm. 1967. And this is a decrepit, run-down, ostensibly useless, industrial, unpleasant, ugly, you know, area. Yeah, and I believe New York City originally was hoping to get some car manufacturers to come in, so if that had happened, mm. probably the entire thing would have been demolished. Mm. things put in as it was it kind of no it never happened we couldn't Mm -hmm. no car companies wanted to come and manufacture new york it's too expensive so it kind of just sat the way it is until this brooklyn navy yard development company comes in and really Mm -hmm. starts renovating it and especially with mayor bloomberg a lot of the green initiative starts Mm -hmm. to become popular it's actually one of the greenest industrial parks i believe in the United States. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, if, if you don't even go for the, for the tour, go to check out this place. It is just amazing what they're doing. It is so amazing. It is so important. And I can't even imagine how to, you know, bringing back a Navy Yard, how much work that must be. And then on top of that, making it this green, it's all so environmentally well thought out. It, it'll blow your mind. It's really, really impressive. Just a, a huge feat of logistics and engineering. It's it's really beautiful. And they're not... The best part about it is that they're not really tearing down the structures. Yes, they're going to tear mm-hmm. down part of Admiral's Row. And there's going to be mm-hmm. a much-needed supermarket over there. Yes. But, I mean... I really want to give props, especially to, like, one of my favorite buildings is the Paymaster General Office. It's really a beautiful structure. It's brick. Uh, the Kings County Distillery is operating out of it now, which is, it's pretty amazing. They were just setting up when we took a tour. But you can actually take a tour of Kings County Distillery and get a tasting, mm. all for $8. Nice. 
What do they make there? Whiskey. Is it whiskey? Okay. Whiskey. Yeah. I've seen the bottles. The bottles, they're, they have really cute labels, beautiful bottles. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the best, the best part of, about all of this fixing up the Navy Yard is that they're not tearing down the buildings. They're like, keep, mm-hmm. they're keeping them. Mm-hmm. Nothing, everything, a lot of things are being preserved and it's, it's just pretty amazing to see the combination of all this new industry coming in in these mm-hmm. beautiful old buildings. And there are some new ones too. And of course, everything's sleek and modern and LED certified. It's, it's just amazing. Amazing. Yeah, so I, I can't wait to see more about what happens with the Navy Yard. I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to it being more and more revitalized, and especially the area. I recommend go mm-hmm. take a tour now, take a tour in a year, take a tour a year after that. You know, just yeah, kind of yeah. watch, especially if you live in the na- in the area, like, just watch how much it changes. And you can always go over to Vineyard Hill House afterwards for a cocktail. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And I did have some information about the resources, if you do want to know more about the Navy Yard. First of all, everyone needs to know that there is an excellent free museum literally on the Brooklyn Navy Yard site. It's called Building 92. There's three floors of exhibits. Um, I highly, highly recommend it. It's beautifully laid out, really informative. We mentioned them before, but Urban Oyster is a company. They give these ridiculously informative tours. Um, it's a pretty big uh, spread, 300 acres, so there are bus tours for 30 bucks, and there are bike tours for 24 bucks. Which Eight I, I really want to do. The bike tour, yeah. Yeah. And you just went to a trivia night at building... Yes. So last night, um, not last night when you're hearing this, but last night when we're recording this, um, my partner and I went to a pub trivia style trivia night at the Brooklyn Navy Yard. And there were food and drink for sale and great prizes. And I thought we were doing really well. And we placed seventh. Wow. And so we didn't get either the booby prize or any of the really good prizes. But there were Navy Yard dog tags, Navy Yard t-shirts, Navy Yard tours, um, gift certificates for the, uh, it's called Ted and Honey, or the, the food and drink vendors there. But we had a couple of drinks, and we met some interesting people, and we saw this this gorgeous, amazing space in Building 92, and hopefully that is just going to be the first of many different trivia nights, because it was a blast, and plenty of people showed up, and uh, and a good time was had by all. So definitely pay attention uh, to that. It's possible to get on the Building 92 email list. That's a great way to pay attention. They also have a lot of other activities coming up. They have tours for families that are, like, kid-friendly. There will be a play opening, the very first theatrical performance at the Brooklyn Navy Yard, and that will be about the British prison ship martyrs, and that opens in October. So I highly recommend Googling Brooklyn Navy Yard, going online, and seeing all the really exciting stuff that's going on there. Right. They also do a halloween tour of the hospital which i think you can go into the creepy basement i heard so definitely definitely worth watching Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well thank you for tuning in to our latest podcast and Mm -hmm. we hope you learned a little bit more about the area you live in yes thanks for listening we look forward to uh, our next podcast in which you'll learn about the letter o which will have to be a mystery until after 
and post it. Yes, yes, whatever our topic for letter O is. Thank you for listening. Check out the Facebook page. There's going to be a lot of really great maps and pictures of the Navy Yard. And if you get a chance, Google it or even just head out and visit Building 92. I cannot recommend it more highly. It's such an interesting part of American history and New York City history. Yeah, we're also going to... We're also going to post a link to that amazing little film that I watched. It's on 13.org, The City Concealed. I recommend watching that series. It has a lot of amazing behind-the-scenes New York City stuff on it, but definitely Agreed. watch the video. Yep. Well, thank you so much, Kate. We will talk to you next time, folks. Bye. Bye. For more ABC Gotham, go to our website, abcgotham.podbean.com. Special thanks to Podcasting's Brock. The music for ABC Gotham is by Big Rude Jake. ABC Gotham is a K2 production, copyright 2012, all rights reserved. Could be here with me on this night of New York City.